Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the years that you have contributed to the mission. Uh, I am always so grateful, and I am just appreciative of all of you. So many times I get people who come out, and they will want to get a tour, and they've been donors for years, and they get a tour. And I just had one today, and the gentleman said, it's hard for me to believe how much is going on here. And and I I think that's true. I think the first time that you come to the mission, if you come and you have a tour, you'll not only be amazed at all the things that are going on, but at the retrofitting of the old building. I think you'll be in, also equally impressed with all the staff that are, are at the mission who genuinely care about the program guys, about the homeless situation. And sometimes it's difficult to deal with some of the aspects of the of homelessness homelessness in Sacramento. But you know what? Through all the travails and all the things that happen and all the mental illness, there is still, through all this cacophony of sound that is out there, there are still those that are truly, truly, truly in need and seeking help. And so you have to push through a lot of that stuff to get to the people that really need your help. But thank God, and I really mean that, that's not one of these, you know, blasphemous things. Well, thank God for that. No, I truly thank our God and our Savior every single day because <laughs> he still pushes through and gets those people that need us. And, you know, we need to be ministering to people. I brought my good friend Tom, Pastor Tom uh, Mooney, from our mission. He's one of our two chaplains. He's been there the longest. He's been 20 years there. You guys have heard him on the radio many times with me. I always enjoy sitting down and talking with him, sharing the perspectives of the way the mission is, the direction it's going, uh, the way our world is and the way it's going. And I, I know that that's probably not great news for some of you. Uh, yeah, the world is kind of chaotic at the moment. But the reality is that the Lord God Almighty is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is unchanging. The word is immutable. He does not change. And so the promises that God has given us in his word were true thousands of years ago and are still true today, and they will be true tomorrow. It doesn't matter how many people try to tear the Bible to pieces, how many attacks there are on the church, how people might laugh at believers and say that they just believe in a fantasy. It doesn't matter because God knows and we know that it's real. So, I would like to introduce my friend Tom to you. Uh, Thomas, say hello to the people. Thank you, Pastor. I'm so glad to be here today. It's a, a wonderful thing to be able to share our faith and what our Lord is doing Amen. With, uh, with the 
listening audience. It's a, it's a truly a blessing. Thank you. Oh, no. I, uh, you know, we are, we record our, our messages and they're aired at a different time, but our people uh, at the mission, they are, they are a little different sometimes, huh? Yeah, they uh, they come out of a system uh, that uh, where they have lost their sense of self, and they've lost their hope, and uh, the the brutality of everyday life has just weighed on them, and they've broken their minds and their hearts are broken, and they step into the mission. And for the first time in a long time, they're actually loved. Somebody cares about them. Somebody makes sure that they're warm. Somebody makes sure that they're fed. And then the message of hope comes to them. And, uh, Pastor, we have men who have grabbed on to that message of hope like a drowning man uh, grabbing hold of a life ring. Amen. And they are so pleased to know that they are loved and that Jesus loves them. You know, that was the whole purpose. You know, we wanted to get the the old building fixed up. And we've talked about it before. It's not a surprise. We went ahead and we've done the first third, which was the most difficult part. Every wire, every piece of plumbing, uh, every piece of insulation, boards had to be replaced. And as you and I have talked about before, it isn't just simply because we tried to get the best of everything in there and uh, everything that is the best functionally that will last the longest. And the reason for that is that so many of the people are just exactly like you described. They are like drowning people reaching out for a life supporter, something to pull them in, something, someone who will care enough to enter the water to grab a hold of them. And so as we started the project and fixed up the building, it was I wanted and we wanted these people who we call guests that many call the homeless, that they can at least see that we care God's people and God cares about them as much as the people in the building across the way where all where all the staff are. So the building is amazing looking, is it not, Tom? I, I it turned out much better than I thought it could. The scope of that reconstruction and renovation far exceeded what I thought we would be able to do with a building of that age. Yeah, the suggestions were to tear it down. And what we didn't completely realize is, and I knew that that would not be something we could do because it would mean that the homeless and our program guys would be out for a year at least. That's right. And so we didn't want to do that. Well, as we tore it off, a lot of the timber inside that wasn't rotten was perfect. And so we were able to replace all those things. But again, it's not just about the renovation of the building. It's about what you said. Everything that we do is intentionally, is intentional to draw people in that need to hear the gospel message, right? And 
we get every day an increasing number of people who are mentally ill. We get the grifters and we get those that, that aren't sincere. But if you just function on what you're seeing uh, out there, the people who are begging on the streets or people that are throwing trash around, you're going to miss the people that you were talking about that are drowning and want help, right? The beauty of a pastor is the grifters can get saved too. God well, can take an absolutely <laughs> insincere con man and and the message of the gospel touches his heart. You'd never guess that that would happen. No. We've had men show up on the program who were forced to be there by circumstances and they were angry and they were just going to wait it out. And they hear the message of the gospel and God's love reaches them. And their lives, their demeanor, and their eternity changes forever. You know what? How many, if we stopped and really looked at it, don't look at just the homeless population, but how many people really weren't interested in the gospel who wound up being saved? Wow. I would say that's everybody. The Bible says that there are none that that seeketh after God. Mm -hmm. no, None who one. have done good. Yes, and, and God in his great love intervenes and makes himself real and gives the gift of faith. Amen. It's a supernatural touch it of is. God. And mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see this. It's beautiful to see a life where there was no hope, where there was no hope of the future. All they knew was addiction and, and confusion and now smiles on their face and songs in their heart. They don't always sing well. We have a man on the program, a very tall man, and everywhere he goes, he's singing all these uh, songs of faith that he's learned. Not well. But when you look into his face, Pastor, there's the joy of the Lord. Well, what does the Bible say truthfully about singing? It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, it didn't say make a good noise unto the make Lord, a right? joyful noise. And I think that uh, if you have, if you can sound, as the Bible says, with, if you could speak with the tongues of men and angels, but hath not love, well, it's the same with singing. If, if you can sing and you, you just make a beautiful choir noise, and yet there's no faith behind it, there's no love behind it, you're just doing it for you, um, then really, what? how does that count? Resounding gong. Yep, and that's how God hears it, isn't it? That's exactly right. Uh, because God God sees and hears with the heart. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like everything else. When we come and we come in faith and we come in repentance and we come looking at ourselves with eyes that are actually seeing ourselves correctly, with all the filth, the dirt, the sin, the everything that clings to us. And we come and we lay that before the feet of Jesus, and we come to him in faith and repentance. How does he view that? How does he view us as opposed to the whitewashed sepulchers? God has to do a work of faith in us. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's astounded me to see this proved again and again is the thing that he finds acceptable in us is his gift to us. He gives away the saving faith like candy. 
Yeah. He's glad to redeem. He wants to live among us, to be our God. His, his mercy is endless. His grace knows no bounds. That's who he is. That's the glory of what we do at the Union Gospel Mission is to present this loving, incredible, matchless God of yep. grace and reveal who he is to people who are desperate for him. You know, one of the things that always concerns me is timing. And by that, I mean this. The Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, correct? Yes, amen. So here's where the timing comes in. If you wait until you have passed, if you wait until you are dead, you will still bow the knee and confess with the tongue but it will not alter your eternal destination. Absolutely. But if here and now you will humble yourself, you will, you will bend the knee, bow before Christ, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, then when you bend the knee and confess with the tongue, you will be eternally saved. Isn't it beautiful the way Romans puts it? For with the heart we believe and are justified. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's that wonderful condition where the gift of faith that God gives us, mm -hmm. when we come into agreement with what our heart is saying, and then with our own will, confess Christ as our Master and Lord, salvation takes place and we enter into a loving, incredible, powerful relationship with God that cannot be denied. No, it's, it's absolutely true. The Christian walk is a contrary walk to the world. Uh, we die to self to live. We give and yet we receive. A song that's on the radio said, "We were, we were beggars. <laughs> now we're, we're kings or something like that. We're not kings, but we we stand before the throne of God, and we are viewed as clean and righteous. That's why I've always said at the mission that." When I hear that a person is clean and sober, and yet I hear that that person is without Christ, I think to myself, they're sober, but they're not clean. Only God can wash us clean of the past and of our future sins even. Um, and the walk of faith, as we try to tell the guys all the time, it it is contrary to what the world says. You know, I, I was... Last time that I was on a Friday and Tom comes and makes sure that he plays music uh, every time I preach, which I very much appreciate because if worse comes to worse, they at least get good music. <laughs> but, but as we were talking about last time, and we were in Philippians, or I was in Philippians, I was thinking about the contrast that there is when it says, 
and in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Well, how do you do that? How do, how do you do that? I mean, maybe you have more talent than the other person or, or whatever, but that's not what the passage means. It doesn't matter how good you are, but when I look at somebody, I hold them in esteem. I, I, I know that they are created by God. They, if they're a brother or a sister in Christ, and one of the commentators said, and I love this, if all the people in the Christian church, if I'm looking up to you, Thomas, and you are looking up to me, neither one of us is looking down on the other one, right? Exactly. And that's what loneliness of spirit, and the Greeks hated loneliness of spirit. We don't esteem it. But God does. But God does. And so... uh it's just an amazing thing to me. And I see, what is one of the traits, Thomas, that you see in a man uh, when, when they are being transformed by the Spirit of God? What is one of those attributes as far as loneliness of spirit or humility when you start to see that blossoming, you know? Pastor, what what? I see is that the work of of the Holy Spirit and when he is when he is dealing with a man's soul, he becomes aware of this awesome accountability towards God. Uh-huh. And he becomes aware of his debt of sin towards God and he begins to understand there's nothing he can do about it. He did all those things. Yeah, I did that, yeah. And the glory of the gospel is that God took our sin and imputed it to Christ Jesus on the cross, and he took the very righteousness of Jesus Christ and imputed it to us broken people. Oh, yeah. What a glorious gospel. Amen. You know, that's the whole principle of putting on and putting off. Just to put off the sin would leave us in a vacuum. And nature abhors a vacuum. That's right. It will be filled with something. That's right. But he also, as you put it, he imputed his righteousness to us. And so when God the Father looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his Son and not the brokenness of of who we really are. So, and I see in men at the program, when they start to actually start thinking of others more highly than themselves, is a place where they are really starting to recover. You know, I mean, it can only be done by the Holy Spirit, but it is an evidence that the Holy Spirit is working on them. Amen, because they then begin to exhibit the characteristics of their Savior. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and even though he was God, he did not think that that equality with God was something to be grasped. Yep, tomorrow's text, by the way. accepted <laughs> even a death on a cross. Which is the most of all the humiliating things. Any Jew that was crucified... You know, accursed is any man who hangs on a tree. 
And so our Savior, I mean, I don't, I don't think we even begin to grasp the humility of a God, of, of the God, who would come to earth, born as a child. And, and here's the thing. You know, when the Bible tells us that, that you know, he took on that, that mantle of being a human being, he came as a, in the form of a man, right? Okay, yes. I want you to stop and think about this. Not only did he come as a man, but he could have come as a man who was a king, a general, a highborn, a rich man, a powerful man. Those are all men, but he didn't choose to do that. He chose to come in a backward town, in a manger, of simple uh, parents, you know, of course, obviously a stepfather and, and his mother. And he chose not to live a life uh, like Alexander the Great. No, he, he learned a trade. He worked with his hands every day of his life. And this is something that I, I, it just gets me. When we sing at Christmas, you know, about the babe in the manger, I would, I would love it if we could also see the shadow of the cross across that little baby's uh, sleeping quarters. I wish we could see that every day of Jesus' life, every single day, the, the shadow of the cross was there. Every single day, he had the opportunity to stop the whole thing. And yet, for the love of his people, he endured the humiliation that came day after day. We think about the two big moments, don't we? The birth of Christ and the death uh, on the cross. We think of those, right? But That's right. we think about the everyday mundane for 30 years before starting his public ministry, and yet he did it because without it, we had no hope. Right? He succeeded where we couldn't. Exactly. He succeeded where we we wouldn't. He lived righteously for God with the everyday That's right. happenstances of life, and he did it for us. But the, the thought that I had was he met the humiliation of the cross with humility. He did, and, and that was the ultimate thought. humiliation. Absolutely, and he met it with humility. And, and it wasn't even just the cross. He was accused of things that were not true. He was slapped and beaten. We're we're kind of out of time, but folks, I'm just I'm just praying that each and every one of you, as we come near that resurrection Sunday coming up uh, before too very long, that you will sincerely seek and ask the Lord for guidance. And so, Thomas, would you like to say goodbye to the people? Thank you for letting us share this time with me. I, with yeah, you. yeah, I appreciate it very much. And I, I, I want to once again invite you, if you would like to come out and take a tour of the mission, I would love to show you what we've done. And, uh, and you know, all the glory goes to God. 
So as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916 447 3268. 916 447 3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.